Why would we want the brightest, the most innovative people in this country to take their hard-earned money and send it to Washington? The notion of prophecy is dangerous and worth worrying about. Yeah, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. It's a platform for people that are sitting home trolling an unemployment check, sitting in front of a keyboard. And I just sort of said, screw it, I'm gonna go out whatever, whatever I want to think and I want to feel, I'm gonna feel it and, and let that happen. And it, it was a little bit like pressure was off of me. Here we are, everyone here in the Fuck Town Studios. No Dolan. Sans Dolan this week. Uh, Dolan's a busy man. Yeah, shedding shedding uh, half of the weight, I guess. Of the two the two weights pulling this podcast down, one of them is gone. So that, that's, that's just good news. We all strive for that episode zero perfection. We do, but we are forever tainted, it seems. Uh, big you know, big off week in the NFL. Everyone's kind of chilling. Let's watch a little Pro Bowl, baby. That, that's, that'll be good, right? Won't be watching that. Won't <laughs> Definitely won't be watching that. You won't be watching the uh, dodgeball? None NFC versus AFC dodgeball? Yeah. No. It's crazy because I've been looking at some old clips of the Pro Bowl, even 10 years ago, and I feel like once Sean Taylor died, the, the, the event just kind of <laughs> has been downhill consistently. It looked like it was actually kind of a game 10 years ago, so kind of sad, but whatever. You can't really expect too much. Uh, senior Bowl going on in Mobile as we speak, so that that's pretty exciting, but it is not draft season yet, as been stated before. We, are, we will wait to the end of the Super Bowl to really uh, dive in on this draft class. I mean, this week, we're just going to kind of go over our, our thoughts from the two championship games. I mean, not too much, obviously. It was uh, over a, a half a week ago, and what is said has been said by plenty of people, but we still deserve to say our piece. But then we're going to get into all the coaching hires that happened. We didn't really talk touch on those yet, other than the most important one, which was Daryl Bevel going to the Lions. But we're going to get into all the big head coaching hires that happened and just kind of say our piece. But let's start with the championship games. NFC Championship game, Rams and Saints will forever just be known for the Nickel Roby Coleman hit on Tommy Lee Lewis. Just what I was kind of thinking about is how the NFL has just gone so uh, wide receiver offense friendly that these defensive backs these days can't even do a slight tug on the jersey or a hold at any point of the route, it seems, without getting a flag. And here is this play where Tommy Lee Lewis just gets laid out. I mean, that is pass interference in 1950. Yeah. Like, it's just not even, like, in 2018, that's like an ejection. Yeah. But, like, that would have been called in the in the 50s when the passing game you know, wasn't even really a thing. And um, just a ridiculous uh, moment, I guess, for the NFL. Really bad look. Although, on, on the other side of it, Saints got the ball back in overtime. They had a chance to stop the Rams on defense uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and the Rams ended up winning this game in the end, and they will be going on to the Super Bowl. Is there any other kind of thoughts you have about this Yeah, one? I just kind of want to echo some of your statements, Klepper, because um, I, I completely am sympathetic to the whole – the Saints definitely could have won that game, and they had uh, you know plenty of opportunities to do so. Obviously, the Rams, they got the ball in overtime, and just like in the other championship game – uh, you know, they had a chance to win, like we saw with the Patriots do. But, uh, I mean, it's hard not to just, th- this game is forever going to be tainted because that would have made it first and goal. The Rams didn't have enough timeouts. And, I mean, also on top of that, this, the Saints job of clock management. Awful. That whole two-minute drill was awful up until that. I mean, 
if they ran the ball on you know each first down, I know Sean Payton's an aggressive coach. The clock would have been at least at 50 seconds, and the Rams wouldn't have a chance to go down and kick a field goal, or at least they would have had uh, an expedited chance to do that. So obviously, uh, this is like you said, Adam. This is a really bad look for the NFL, and I, I do believe the Saints are a better team, and I think they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But uh, you know, the, I think it's going to be a great game either way. These you know are the two best teams in the NFC. So. It's not the first time a team's got screwed over uh, in an important position, and I can't name you know a ton of. Uh, examples off the top of my head, but Miami 03 in the championship. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying there's definitely, and everyone will have a finger point, finger pointing moment where it's like, oh, I got got it. Exactly. Everyone's got their moments. And like you guys said, at the end of the day, uh, the saints didn't execute when they needed to. And the Rams won the game. So although like Tommy said, I think I agree. I think the saints were the better team. I think the saints deserve to win, but it's not about who deserves to win. Because if it were, the Chargers would be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Chargers Lions. <laughs> or, or Chargers Giants. Yeah. Maybe Broncos in the AFC exactly. Championship game. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, there's not much else to say about it. The Rams, um, you know, I, I really didn't think they'd get to the Super Bowl. But shut my mouth, it's been kind of a, uh, a, 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 pretty, a pretty incredible journey for them, I think, so far with wow. some of the games they've played. Well, yeah, and I was just going to say, especially with when we started this podcast, it's kind of been the Rams' reign. I mean, they, they got McVay that spring when we first started to, you know, when the back joke, but Judge was conceived out of, you know, it came out of Adam on that, that, that <laughs> spring night in uh, 2017. Um, so, I mean, it's been crazy. The conversations that we were having in the summer of 2017. Making fun of the, uh, I was, the Uber driver, right? We got, we got uh, McVay. No, it was uh, uh, we got Cruz. Well, oh yeah, who was the guy that was like, oh, I was, I was, a, it was a Hertz rental car guy in Missis in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, that I, my mom and I were running a car from. He was a Rams guy, and he was like, we got McVeigh though, and I was laughing at him. I yeah. called called Lee from the airport and told him about how funny I thought it was, yeah. and uh, here we are <laughs> yeah. with with the kid in the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I not to get too far in advance, but definitely very interesting uh, topic. We'll probably talk about next week with the matchup and the fact that it's. Kind of the the new, almost like the new reign with McVay and Goff going up against uh, the old guys with Brady and Belichick. Definitely um, never going to say anyone is going to be Brady and Belichick, but um, Goff-McVay definitely has a chance to do that if the you know production keeps up, for sure. So let's uh, move on to this Patriots-Chiefs game, too, which was quite a game. That Chiefs offense was shut out in the first half, which I thought was just wild. I saw a crazy stat that the Patriots... I mean, I can't believe that game went into overtime, honestly. I really thought the Patriots should have dominated it. I mean, they, they had that pick on the one-yard line that kind of hurt them, but yeah. it saw a stat. The Patriots ran 94 plays, and only one of them went for negative yardage, and it was a kneel at the end of the wow. game to send it to overtime. Wow. So it's like it's unbelievable. the Chiefs' defense was just kind of a, a traffic cone on the mm-hmm. way to the end zone for, for the Patriots. Uh, Mahomes put up a valiant second-half effort. Tyreek Hill was kind of shut down for, for the most part. It was Damian Williams, really, leading the charge for the Chiefs offense, which um, I think just shows you what a coach Andy Reid is and how you know great his system is that can go from a really talented dude like Kareem Hunt and really not even skip a beat going to a backup running back like that. Um, so Patriots, though, like I said, uh, I was on Pat's Island, remind you, and uh, they're going on to the Super Bowl once again for the third year in a row. Um, yeah, I mean, 
just really impressive. Yeah, no. yeah. All I was just going to bring up that uh, that overtime drive because uh, I saw that Bob Sutton got fired. And we yep. start to talk about coaches, but the defensive coordinator they brought in Spagnuolo. You could day. you could make an argument that if D Ford wasn't offside, Bob Sutton would still be in a job oh, uh, next he, year. I think yeah. he for sure would be. And uh, I mean, yeah, I was wasn't even thinking of that play, but that's even that's huge. Obviously, when D Ford went offsides, and there was the. And I, it's, I was talking to Lee about this. It's crazy the potential narrative of if Gronk dropped that ball and all the bad, you know, JoJo that's been going towards Gronk this whole year, uh, rightfully so in some aspects, how he's lost a lot of his step athletically and is just more of a average tight end who's a above-end blocker and is a red zone threat. And the next play, they get that Brady throws that fade to him uh, with Eric Berry on him. Uh, and, you know, it's just crazy to see just that play. Uh, but I was really thinking of those consecutive third downs where they where Romo called it and they had uh, Gronk on an island outside and they put Edelman in the slot running that, you know, like 10 and in basically. Uh, like three consecutive third downs and the Chiefs didn't adjust to it one time. Romo kind of ruins the suspense, man. He, he, he just quite calls that. I'm like, oh, Romo third down. Or, third down, what's going to happen? And he's like, oh, we're going to have these two dudes blocking on the end and then yeah. Edelman's going to go over the middle. There's, and it's like, oh, okay, I, I guess... And it's just like having this on your face. I will, I will say, there is something iconic, though. I don't know. Your heart's pounding. It's third down. And Romo's like, Let's, he's going He's going to the middle here. I don't know. I'll, Nobody's better than Romo. No, I'm, I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not Anyone complaining about it. Anyone who's a hater it. in the beginning is now eating their words, yes, I think, yeah. about Romo. That's for sure. And uh, it's gonna, the same thing's going to happen to win it next year. <laughs> Possibly. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Uh, anyways, about the, the Chiefs-Patriots game, um... Clep, just to you know what uh, about what you said, Mahomes, man, just looking like a wily vet in that yeah. second half, really leading the charge back. What an exciting game! And uh, like you guys said, the D Ford offside. Imagine that narrative. <laughs> but also, I will say my piece, and I will complain. And shout out to Connor Ryan because I know he's probably got a similar complaint. I'll say, imagine the narrative of. That man, Matt Slater, I knew he was going to win that toss. He was he was born to win that toss. You knew he was out there going to win that toss. But let's say he didn't win that toss. Let's say the Chiefs get the ball and Mahomes drives down the field and scores. And then all the media pundits would be saying, well, Brady never got a chance to, you know, uh, at his sixth Super Bowl and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And there, there might be a rule change. But there needs to be a rule change with this overtime. I think, especially in a playoff atmosphere, both quarterbacks need to be able to touch the ball and be, need to be able to give their team a chance to win. I don't know how the NFL uh, should decipher it. I have a few ideas, but some of their you know top guys need to uh, collectively get together and find a, a better solution for overtime because the uh, coin toss should not determine this much about, about the game. That's, that's what I mostly have to say, but congratulations to the Patriots. And you knew when Slater won that coin toss that the game was friggin' over because well, Brady's getting the ball – in overtime with the chance, you know, touchdown wins it. I, I mean, we should have probably talked about this in the Saints game, but I'm much, I have much more, I think the reviewing PIs and coaches' ability to challenge certain calls or no calls, I think is a much, is much more needed right now. Um, but I, I will say, I, the Chiefs had a chance well, to more. stop, it the Chiefs had more. a chance to stop the Patriots. They could have, like, three times. Like I was saying with the, I mean, why Bob Sutton is fired right now is because they didn't stop the Patriots three times. It was third and plus eight at least on every single one of them, uh, and they couldn't do it. So I, I, I mean, overall, I agree with you. I think a college system, I think, would be better and more entertaining, I guess, in the end. But back to what we were talking about with the Saints and the uh, the Rams, 
There need Sean Payton needs to be able to challenge that play. You need to have the worst case scenario. Well, it shouldn't even be Sean Payton. It should just be a review of some sort because it's blatant. It's so blatant. Like the fact. But at the very least, the coach should have. How blatant it is. I know, but it's not always going to be that blatant, and so the coach should always have the ability to contest that, like they do with any other challengeable play that's not a penalty. So, I but I agree with what you're saying, Lee. I just think that is a little bit more of a pressing need than fixing overtime. Because like we saw, overtime worked great when Brees threw a pick. They both had a chance. Uh, and the Rams' defense came up and made a play. Uh, and then that's the reason why they won the game. So I, I am sympathetic to your argument, though. I don't know if you want to jump in, Clef. No, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I don't really have much to say on that. And that's definitely something I think potentially an off-season show. Get into mm. some of the rules. Because I think all of us definitely have gripes with uh, the definitely. NFL and how it's run, for sure. And just football in general. So definitely something we can talk about in the future. Um, I would like to get in. I mean, it's great. Going to be a good Super Bowl. Rams, Saints. Uh, not really going to be excited for either team if they win. To be honest, um, I guess I'm yeah. rooting for the Rams just because I don't want Aiden to be happy. But I mean, in in the end, I, I guess I just don't really care. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm rooting for the Patriots, man, just because I don't like the Rams. Like I, I like the Patriots more than I like the Rams, and you know I'm. I've always been kind of a I'm, a, I'm a late blooming Patriots fan. I've rooted for them in each of the last Super Bowls, and I've really come to appreciate what, you know, they've meant in my childhood, you know, not to get sentimental on you guys. So uh, I'm, I'm rolling with the, the Patriots, but we can get into that game uh, a little bit next week. Yeah, let's get into the coaching hires, and I think we should just start with Cliff Kingsbury. Definitely. In Arizona, because that was definitely the most out-of-the-box hire, kind of unexpected mm-hmm. hire but also at the same time just goes along with all of the trends that we've been seeing across the NFL. Young quarterback, the team sheds the defensive head coach and brings yeah. in the, the young gun uh, in to call the plays. But I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is a lot different than the other young head coaches that have been hired. I mean, you look at Kyle Shanahan, led basically an offense that should have won the Super Bowl for the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, Sean McVay had a ton of experience before he went to uh, L.A., mm-hmm. even though he was young. Um, but Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, he got fired from his alma mater yeah. at Texas Tech in the Big Twelve, and uh, you're all of a sudden you're just going to hire him as as the head coach of an NFL yeah. team. The which, guy, the guy could hardly go 500 in the Big Twelve, and and the counter argument, I guess, would be, well, Texas Tech doesn't have a great pull in recruiting, but. Tell that to someone like Mike Leach, yeah, who Mike got Lee, Michael yeah. Crabtree, and you know, and then goes up to you, Wazoo. And exactly, like, and, you yeah. can go on and on about it, and I, I'll just you know. Come out here and say it. I'll put it in the prophecy. Three years from now, Cliff Kingsbury will be coaching college football somewhere in college football. Ooh. He's not. He's not made for the NFL. I'm uh, of the opinion that if he wasn't so damn pretty, he wouldn't have the job he has. He'd be, you know, doing doing uh, maybe the O coordinator at Texas El Paso or something <laughs> like that. But he is that pretty, and I guess this is the solution. This is what the guys, uh, the brass in Arizona, want for for Rosen and for the future. And I think that. Uh, it's just going to turn out not well. Uh, I have an uneasy feeling about it. I think Kingsbury is every part of unproven. There were some rumors that Hugh Jackson was getting interviewed for the offensive coordinator job. I think Cooter was too. Which is just like, uh, you know, <laughs> cool that's, a red, that's a red flag, I think. But just oh, to finish, just, just to finish, I think uh, that this whole Rosen-Kingsbury friendship experiment is not going to be uh, as compatible as Arizona. the Arizona brass may think it is. And uh, I'm, I'm going with a, a hard sell on Cliff Kingsbury as know? a coach of the Cardinals. And I just want to finish. Change your fuck. 
<laughs> change your uniforms, Arizona. The Cardinals, got to change your uniforms if you want a big change to happen. Too many lines. <laughs> Great point, Liam. Every time we mention the Cardinals, just I, mention I, I, that I just they should change their uniforms. We're going to bring that up. Um, if I could play devil's ad- advocate for a little bit, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I see this. I mean, we saw it with Zach Taylor going to Cincinnati. Um, it's kind of a similar thing. Zach Taylor, I think, is even a little bit more egregious because we I can get into that too. If you yeah, want. well, no, I just think it's it's. I completely agree with what you were saying, Clef, about how it's the whole you know trend to go for offensive, you know, coaches. But I think, I think he has a little bit better of a shot than you guys, you know, maybe are assuming in the same way that, you know, anytime. I mean, I guess Sean McVay is the only counter example, but someone who isn't as necessarily productive. I think he's gonna have. I mean, the, the NFL talent is completely different from what he was having at Texas Tech, obviously. I think that's a good point that Mike Leach was able to recruit and win there. Um, did they bring in Bulls too as the DC? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I didn't. Uh, who do we? No. I think it is Bulls or no? no well, he was Bulls there. Bulls is in. Oh, Tampa. Vance Joseph. Yeah, Vance, Vance Joseph. Joseph. Vance Joseph. Okay, yeah. So that even that that's something that is good because as long as he can just focus on the offense and is really just kind of what we're seeing now, where in in LA, Sean McVay is the offensive guy and Wade Phillips controls the defense and. While Sean McVay is kind of the CEO and sets the tone for the whole team, um, he doesn't have the defensive responsibilities that coaches have had in the past. So with Kingsbury, if he can just focus on the offense, and when he's been a pure offensive coordinator, he's had success. Um, you know, I, he was obviously Johnny Manziel's uh, offensive coordinator. He's never done it in the NFL under though. Kevin Sumlin. I know, but the NFL is more and more becoming a college-based game, basically. No, I mean, not when it matters, really, to be honest. I well, mean, when you're looking at trends and what offenses are doing, what you're seeing with Deshaun Watson, what you just saw with Lamar Jackson, a lot of those things, obviously, you know, he Josh Rosen isn't the type of athlete that either, either of those guys are. Yeah, what's your point? I don't understand. I'm just saying, mean. in terms of getting playmakers in space, I just think we're, we're moving to more positionless football, and if but, you have but, an but offense is, mind... Is, but, I'm, but the whole point is, when has Kingsbury proven that he can do that any better than, than, you know, your average... Uh, he hasn't uh, necessarily, but guy. I'm just saying he's been... We know that he is a good offensive mind. He spurned my Trojans, man. He was going to be the offensive coordinator there. He was in line for that job. And the NFL, he obviously... Uh, they I mean, Steve yeah. Kime, this is... I, I trust their... Own, I mean, I think this is a pretty good GM owner. I know, would disagree with you, that. You disagree with that? I I'm not a big Bidwell is, guy. I know, but this is all from the 2015 Clearly, Amazon series. I yeah. think, uh, <laughs> Arians and Bulls, who are you know we can yeah. we can talk Arians about that. Though. We're, we're, no, no, but I'm saying those guys. Kind my whole point is they great, saved kind. Yeah. These guys are. I don't think this is an incompetent man, organization, like. and I think that they're. This is a hard a hard sell. This car, the Cardinals are a hard sell. There's nothing. There's he's, really he's no. Holding on to his Seahawks, you're holding on. <laughs> the Seahawks card. Yeah, I'm holding on to I don't understand, especially with the way this division is shaping up. Where you have yeah. the Niners, the Rams, and the Seahawks. Yeah. Like the the Cardinals, I would venture to say the Cardinals are bottom five in terms of outlook in the next five to seven years. So are the, in the I, NFL. I, I, it's hard for in me to NFL. disagree with you, but I mean, I'm not saying that they're ready. And, I mean, and, and, to, and to just hire Cliff Kingsbury, who just, like Club said, just got fired from his alma mater. The best thing on his resume is, oh, I was the offensive coordinator for Johnny Manziel. It's just a little well, his bit... his resume, to be fair, hasn't had a... Ch- I mean, he's, what, 40 or 39 years? I, which is exactly why... That's why we like to use... We throw around the term organizational hubris. And I don't think the Arizona's necessarily in a position where they have the right... Copycat, organizational right? hubris. Copycat league, but it's like... 
Don't you think this is a big risk to be just copycatting 100%. because the guy is like Are you gonna bring Mike promising? I guess is that you know, I, I, I don't what is the I don't know what the, I don't necessarily know what the alternative is, but I want to move forward from from the well, Cardinals. I wanted well because what, what I just said. I wanted to ask Clef about this because you were a big Mike McCarthy guy, and what do you what's your takeaway from the fact that he didn't get a job? I don't ever? think he wanted to. Uh, yeah, I think he was kind of picking and choosing like what off. like he wanted yeah. to do. And he, he said that he only really wanted to take the Jets job, is what I heard. Okay. And, I mean, who knows if he even really wanted it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, well, a, he's a family man. Yeah. You know, he just I think he wanted to spend a year off and just enjoy his time. Yeah. So. I want to I I move us into the next, because I'm, I'm very excited about a hire, and I want to talk about okay. it. I want to hop yeah. on it before I'm, you guys do, because yeah. I want to claim it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just uh, mentioned it in the Arizona one, and that's Bruce Arians in Tampa yeah. Bay. I think that... If, if, if I'm not going to prophesize it quite yet, but as a long shot, maybe we'll be listening to this, uh, you know, podcast sometime next year, this time next year and, and laugh. I, I like Jameis Winston as a dark horse MVP candidate Holy next year. Smokes. I think the Buccaneers, Jeez. I think that what the Buccaneers are doing with <laughs> Byron Leftwich coming in as the offensive coordinator, Bruce Arians as a coach, Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. I just think they're going to shape things up, trim the fat. I think this, this uh, is a franchise that's going in the right direction. I, I completely. I mean, if you're done with your take, no, I completely. No, no, no. I completely agree with you that I think this is they won the coaching free agency. But again, as soon as you thought of that, I was like, yeah, you're right. But it's going to come down to Jameis, and Jameis has he turned the football over in college, and he's just it, nothing is really. He just is a you know a gunslinger, and you're going to have to deal with the pros and cons of that. And this is a guy who's serious, man. No, I, it fits in. He's up it, for the task. It fits in, I'm sure, with what they're trying to do, but. First of all, their defense is awful. Their defense is really bad, and they're gonna need they need help in the secondary. They need help on the defensive line. Their linebackers, I guess, Absolutely. are pretty good, and they, their offensive line is not good. Now, Deshaun Jackson is he gonna? Every st- team has holes. We're not well, talking no, about the Buccaneers is, is now. A, I'm just talking no, about this the is like the Cardinals, though. Kind of like how you're saying they have a bottom. Five I think the outlook. Buccaneers' outlook is absolutely better than the Cardinals. Yeah, but I, I mean, think what just Tommy is saying is I think the, the while, while the, while is the coaching not, is like staff seems to be one. Even like, I mean, honestly, Arians, Bowles, and Leftwich. I mean that trio. I would say is top ten in the league on its mm. own. I'm just familiar think, with it. And, yeah, and, but I really just think that the Cardinal. I mean, the Buccaneers roster is like bottom seven in the mm, NFL I agree. and it Jameis is a huge if I mean the dude might just not be good I, I don't really believe in him uh he just turns the ball over too much I think the idea that he's some you know divine leader yeah, that yeah. is is really like stale at this point to me yeah. I don't really I don't believe in him oh Jameis is the best leader I've ever been around I think the dude since the I'm not saying he's a w, divine I leader I'm saying done. Arians I'm just saying successful. all the things that have been said about Jameis like that are pros haven't really come to fruition, mm. and the turnover issue has not changed whatsoever. It's still the exact same, if not worse. Than and he's still college. 24, and he's cool. got and he's got an incredible yeah, coach but, coming in. Yeah, and he's still to, groping to, Uber drivers and like doing him. that crap. Like I just don't think Jameis is the face of your franchise think, at all. And I would move on from him. And Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger raped or was up for rape or whatever. You know, everyone has their shady, well, shady past. Roethlisberger is a better like Winston's 24, but it's just context. He's still there's still a lot of stuff he can prove and. I, with a guy like Arians coming in, who's been I, yeah, so successful, he made Carson Palmer look like a freaking Hall of Famer when he was 38. Okay. It's like I think Arians is just going to be—he has that grit, and I think Tampa's going to really identify with him. And I just think it's a great hire. And I think the way the division shaping up there, uh, th- that Tampa Bay is going to be a competitive well, team for years to come. Okay, well, I we can we can move on, but I guess I think it really comes down to what you think about Jameis and the fact that you said that he could be a dark 
a horse MVP candidate for yep, next year. And Clep and I had this kind of like scoffing reaction to it. That's basically where our differences are. Because we both agree that the whole they made, they probably won coaching free agency, but it comes down to what they have at quarterback. They don't have a running back unless Ronald Jones is going to turn into something this year. I love what they, I love my, I think Mike Evans is a baller. OJ Howard's a baller. They have a lot of pieces. Well, we don't. I, watch out, watch out for Cameron Brake getting moved to Detroit. Ooh. Putting it out there. I like that. <laughs> just, a just a little drop. Just a little drop there for you. Not if TJ Hawkinson's going at eight. Oh. Daniel Jeremiah. Oh. Let's call it. Let's phone him in. Can we move on to the Jets? Yeah, go ahead. Introduce I, it. I kind of want to talk about the Jets because I, I'm not really sure what I think about Adam Gase. Um, I at least thought that he was one of the better candidates available, and I was overall, even though their offensive numbers weren't good, I was impressed with what he was able to do with Miami every year. When I Before each year, I always thought of them as kind of an afterthought. And, of course, they were able to make the playoffs with Matt Moore, you know, two years ago or whatever. Um, it was in his first year. Yeah, it was in his first year, yeah. And I think that's the only time they made the playoffs because they didn't make it last year. Uh, I just think that the Jets are in – where they were, the Bears were last year, and where they were, there were the Rams were two years ago. And if they can really nail the draft in the off season, they can be they can be that team. So I just I am, if I'm a I, you know as a as a kind of Jets fan as a Darnold fan, I'm really excited. <laughs> I I'm, excited I, I'm right there with you, man. I completely agree. But I do think that Dowell Loggins coming in as the offensive coordinator is going to be a uh, stunting to Darnold's growth. I've never really okay. I don't him. know. Is he a never, Browns guy? Or something? No, he's, he's no, a Gase guy. He's, he's a Gase guy. He's, he's, he was with the Bears. Broncos too. Broncos, Bears. Broncos, Bears, and Dolphins. He yeah. followed Gase everywhere. And none of none of the offenses really could get that that real push. And I think that uh, you know maybe he'll he'll. Uh, He'll be good and and, and and he'll show. He's a legit quarterback too. I mean, well, yeah, absolutely. The best quarterback he had. I would but like but say. you know, Donald's young, so he's gonna need every uh, advantage he can get. I think in terms of coaching and tutelage, and I, I don't know if Darren Loggins is necessarily the guy that I would want. You know, uh, being mm-hmm. being the being the quarterbacks coach or not the or the offensive coordinator uh, for the Jets there with with a, such well, a prize like Darnold. No, definitely, and I would like to think that Adam Gase is still gonna have a a big. Role in his tutelage. I mean, that's what he was known for in Denver. That's what brought him yeah. to Chicago. But we, we both said between Darnold and Jamal Adams with the leaders yeah. of yeah. offensive defense, this team has a great future, and and that that still reigns true. Obviously, Darnold's twenty two years old. Yeah. Like this team is, uh, there's a lot to look forward to in New York. It's just a matter of when they're going to really kick it into. Fourth they have field. a high pick too. They have the third so pick. They're they're the fourth, so, yeah, the third pick. So they're going to. But I feel like it's like every year they're. they're I know in, they're in the top but, five now. Well, no, um, well, uh, Especially too in a division where it's like the Bills and I mean, the Bills and the Dolphins. I feel like the the Jets are in prime position to really jump over those two teams just in in terms of skill. So I mean, um, that's I think it's just been a, it was a pretty good hire. I mean, Gase obviously had his issues in in Miami. Obviously, he's inheriting Darnold, but at the same time, I think. He wanted to inherit Darnold. I don't really think he would have taken the Jets' job if he didn't really believe in Darnold's skill. Whereas in Miami, he kind of inherited Tannehill, and he just kind of took Miami's job because it was yeah. what was open at the time. And Tannehill, since he got there, has just been dealing with injuries and has just proved that wasn't he, he wasn't worth the deal, anything close to the deal that Miami gave him, and that he just isn't really an NFL quarterback. And if anyone knows Gase, I would say it's the – Brass in uh, in in the Meadowlands for the Giants, like or the Jets, sorry, in that division, in that division, playing yep. Miami well, twice a year and seeing Gase, they've seen like they know. That's obviously there have been a few times where Gase has come into New York or they've gone down to Miami and they've been like, wow, this is pretty impressive. You know, maybe this is a guy yeah. that we should keep our eye on. I think I think plus the, something I just thought of when you were talking, Club, is the fact that this is a, this isn't his first go around and how he kind of 
obviously was probably a little more idealistic when he went into Miami. It was his first head coaching job. He was the McVay before McVay. I mean, Gase was getting, being talked about. Yeah. You know, he was literally, you know, the bee's knees. So I like that he's had a little bit of experience. I mean, side note, I don't really know what to think about his one of the weirdest press conferences I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And how his, I don't understand what was happening. Does I mean, if twitch? he can coach football, I think he was just incredibly, I don't know, like... Nervous or something. And nervous, I, yeah. yeah. It was really geeking yeah. out, literally. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was on crack. To be honest, he ate, yeah, a, he ate a bad green batch. Before, yeah, yeah. Before the maybe <laughs> he just took a bad chop before the before the conference. It was like, oh man, I I forgot how to interact with people. Like, Him that happens, you know. Sandy San Clemente Darnold. <laughs> well, I mean, so I definitely though seems like a positive move uh, in in the right direction for the Jets. Again, just the, following the trend of pairing that young quarterback with the offensive minded head coach. Let's go to. Uh, Cincinnati, and I really don't have too much to say about their hire other than <laughs> other than just like just thinking about Zach Taylor, a quarterback coach for the Rams, who like was talked about. I remember reading an article written by um, oh god, he's a guy on uh, they hate him on Twitter because he has sometimes terrible takes, but he watches film. He writes for MMQSI. Peter King? No. Um, Andy Andy Benoit. Andy Benoit. Yeah. And he wrote a story about Press and Zach Taylor. Press is the Press Taylor is the quarterback coach for the Eagles, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so Zach Taylor, they, he wrote about them being the next, you know, two head coaches that are going to take the league yeah. over or whatever. But everyone was kind of like, oh, this dude like is going to get an OC job next year. Yeah. And it was like, oh wow, the Bengals are just like hiring him. They're going all over. And it's just uh, to me, it's just like. The, the Historically Bengals, like, bad defense they, last year, by the way. Yeah. And bringing in a quarterback's coach from the Rams, it seems quite trendy. And I'm yeah. glad I'm not a Bengals fan. Yeah, I just think the Bengals are in a weird spot. I mean, you, you move on. And, and I think, like, obviously Marvin Lewis didn't produce anything tangible that you want. But really just a bizarre, you know, kind of just – he's just gone now after being yeah. there for, what, 16, 17 yeah. seasons. Yeah. Marvin Lewis is just – gone and you're moving on with this guy i mean andy dalton's future is definitely in jeopardy i think they um, need to break it down and, and build it back i would i would agree i think yeah. you just got to start from scratch and i don't know what pick they have it's probably like 10, uh, 10 to 15 11. something like that That's so it's a dark horse spot for a guy like kyler i think well, to come in and, and, and potentially it depends I, where you think kyler's gonna go but i was gonna say i think a team cincinnati and miami are both uh cincinnati's at 11 and miami's at 13, uh, 13. those are two teams that i think they both are bringing in new coaches, and I think the 2020 draft, because that's obviously like the quarterback goldmine right now, or at least you know, it, it appears this, to be. It yeah. appears to be the quarterback goldmine. Um, I think uh, the Cincinnati, it's next year, Miami, Herbert, yes. Tua, and Farm. Yep. And uh, so, you know, but I mean, it's hard to project that stuff. Hundred yeah, percent. It definitely. I mean, Club, you were talking about Josh Allen. You know, you were talking about Josh Allen back in 2016, and you he know, was he, there. he was there. He was there. He was there. Tanner Gentry, Tanner former Gentry. bear, former bear. He was there. Um, I just think. You're gonna see, I don't know. I mean, it's it's this whole this was a really weird you know coaching window. Obviously, I think we a lot of the stuff that we said about Kingsbury obviously applies to Zach Taylor even to a more degree because I don't know. I mean, Zach Taylor has only been a position coach, right? I mean, he has yeah. some family. I know you said his brother, and wasn't his dad? I'm pretty sure. Potentially, yeah. There's some lines. There's some bloodlines. These guys got to be blowing them away in these interviews man these young guys must be intimidating them in one way or another because there's there have got to be more candidates out there that are like safer bets where it's like can we just get back to like winning some well let's talk about the dolphins because i think that's kind of the route they took in hiring a guy like brian flores 
from the Patriots, just a dude who was didn't have the title, but was probably had a, had a large part in the defense this year. I mean, I think Belichick took that by the reins, but Brian Flores was definitely uh, the next man in line after Patricia. And I think the the Dolphins kind of just went ahead and saw. It's it's like weird because you look at the the Bengals, right? And it's like the Bengals and the Dolphins are almost like two and the same because it's we have these quarterbacks Ryan Tannehill and Andy what? Dolphins. We've given them money. Come on. We've given them money, and we don't really know, but, but they they don't seem to be the future. Yeah. And I think the uh, Bengals kind of made a move where it's like, all right, we're gonna get the offensive guy, even though we don't have our quarterback yet, which is fine because usually you see the the other way around where the the quarterback comes in and then the offensive head coach comes in. But I think the Dolphins just kind of took a stance where it's like, all right, we're going to hire a dude who can come in here and be a CEO mm-hmm. and really just run this team and just get a football coach. Because here's the thing is I'm not convinced that Zach Taylor's a football coach. Yeah. Like it's having an NFL job, being in charge of, you know, 20 to 35 year old men is like not an easy thing to mm-hmm. do. And as a head coach, you do everything from, Especially, no matter what, no matter what it is on the team, no matter if you're Sean McVay and you're the offensive guru, you are still the dude in control. You can call the shots, and it's just going to be really interesting to see. And the Bengals just aren't a team that gets me excited right now. I mean, their defense was trash last year. Well, Andy Dalton was on and off hurt. Their offensive line is kind of in shambles. They don't really – Tyler Boyd um, and uh, John Ross have not done anything. And they well, Tyler tried Boyd had a really good year. Boyd well, has he's, like, decent, but he's not, like, he's not, he's not like the, you know, A.J. Green. A.J. Like, Green's trade bait at this yeah. point. I think he's a, he's a promising candidate for someone to be on a different team next well, year. Yeah, I completely agree with I, you. You'd have to look at the cap numbers, but for yeah. sure I, I agree with the sentiment there. And something that I just kind of – I mean, I think the Bengals – I because you, you were talking about, Clef, about the bringing in Zach Taylor um, and kind of what the – agenda is going to look like and I believe that they think that they can compete with this offense for whatever or they're going to at least they're going to give Dalton this last year they have the running back their offensive line is shady like you were saying Clep but I mean we can't count on uh, you know Eifert to be healthy but they have a nice little bunch of tight ends and then they have an you know, Tyler Green, Croft. Tyler Croft, exactly. And, and uh, CJ Uzuma yeah, or whatever, Uzuma, yeah. Who, who made some plays in Eifert's uh, absence. Absence, But, I, I mean, I'm not saying that this is the – I think they're the worst team in that division right now and they have the worst outlook and they're one of the worst teams in the NFL right now from an outlook. But I think that the Bengals brass have to believe believing that, all right, we're going to give it one more shot with Dalton. We have – they. I mean, they were a good team for the first five games yeah. until they played Kansas City and New Orleans, basically, and it kind of all went down the drain. Um, but if I could – Segue to a Green Bay because that's the coach, uh, coach that I really want to talk about. Because like Brian Flores, they love this hire, <laughs> Matt Lafleur, who <laughs> was probably fifty to sixty to seventy-five. Oh, and for the last two seasons, uh, he was. This ain't gonna change anything. <laughs> he was. He was uh, the majority of the reason why I was very confident in the tight ends in July to turn this ship around and be one of the upcoming teams in the NFL. And man, did that go poorly for him. Uh, I mean, I don't know how Coleman, much he was the Coleman Wonder Boy. He was the Coleman Wonder Boy, and I, he's basically Zach Taylor on steroids. I mean, yeah. he was getting head coaching jobs. Brian Flores was as well. Uh, I mean, after Patricia, they both. So I don't know. I my point about Brian Flores, even though we're kind of jumping back and forth, is that I think it's a better hire than Zach Taylor. It's probably it's. I think it's at least it's a you know I don't know. It's kind of what I thought about Patricia last year. It's like a guy from a good organization who should be able to be a CEO. But on to Green Bay. Man, Matt LaFleur has quite the job in front of him and has a lot yep. of pressure on him to be the savior and, you know, really be the Sean McVay uh, for this Green Bay Packers 
fran- franchise, a team that is really not good. They have the best quarterback uh, in the NFL, obviously the best player in the NFL. Uh, but God, man, this is a ballsy hire. And if this team is six and ten next year, that's quite the position to be in. I don't know what you. Yeah, guys I, th- I thought it was really interesting as a Lions fan. I loved this hire because mm-hmm. I thought I was because before the season started, you're like, okay, Malifaux is going to come in Tennessee. This offense is going to turn it around. They're going to be really good. We're getting away from exotic smash mouth, like all this stuff. And then the Tennessee offense was just a dud. How much of that is Matt LaFleur? How much of it is Marcus Mariota? Kind of nebulous, but probably yeah. both on them at the same time. Um, and then you saw the, art- the article and sentiment came out after he was hired in Green Bay. Obviously, some of this stuff could just be hearsay. A lot of things just fly around the league when there's all this news breaking. But there was a report that Malafleur couldn't really control or command a room mm. in Tennessee as an offensive coordinator. Just really didn't have the attention or respect of the dudes on the team. And it's like now you're bringing him to Green Bay with, with the biggest egotistical quarterback in the NFL yeah. who calls out his receivers in you know offensive meetings and training camps. And it's yeah. the worst. Oh, they they perform. They were crap. Like worst you know meeting I've ever had in, as my time in the league. And you're bringing in a young unproven guy. To somehow come in and manage, I mean, Michael Mike McCarthy lost control of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, this, this is definitely a fact. this is and definitely one of the biggest head scratchers in terms of like hires that have happened. Definitely of the, from from the. I really the honestly, I, I, this is like hard to say. I mean, weird to say, I guess, as a Lions fan, but I would have. If you're a Packers, I think you would prefer to see them bring in another dude like Jim Caldwell or Chuck Pagano. Yeah. Or Bulls, or, bring in Bulls, or, or, get the defense right away. Yeah, yep. or something like that. I mean, that you, ding, ding, ding. I yeah, I would agree Bulls with that too. Guy, and it's like you have like this offense that I mean, you don't need to. It's like Lafleur doesn't need to tutor Aaron Rodgers. It's not yeah. like it's not like a Darnold scenario where you got to bring in Gase to get this kid some NFL level offensive coaching. And what has Lafleur proven? And nothing. You know, like what? Well, it's interesting that you said that, Club, because that makes me think that this is kind of like they're inverting all their focus to Aaron Rodgers and making him happy or at least letting the blame fall on him and Matt LaFleur is going to be kind of a co-conspirator to him in a way. I don't know. Does yeah, but I, I would have loved to see, the, like you mentioned Bowles, like I would have loved to see, Bowles wasn't exactly proven in, um, uh, sorry, in, uh, New in New York. Never really did too much positive, but I mean you could even bring in a guy like Fangio. Bring in Vic Fangio, yeah. hire uh, offensive coordinator like Gary Kubiak. Yeah. Like bring him in as the OC and and just like bring in some experienced dudes that aren't like I don't know I just could see Matt Lafleur just catering to Aaron Rodgers yeah. and just doing whatever it's Aaron Rodgers just, wanted and just that's what I think kind of the point is though. That's yeah kind of, but it's just like do you really want to do that what has Aaron Rodgers yeah. proven like recently Green Bay may be destined to just screw screw his career kind of over because I don't yeah, I, but I, I mean I think it would, I don't know I'm, I'm, ticking, I'm a Rodgers right? hater the clock's ticking I, I I think a lot of the blame for the what if this has floor hire doesn't work he's retiring done. the Super Bowl done 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 yeah absolutely which is what I hope for because I, well, I mean it's gonna yeah, be yeah. if it, I mean what, what, if, what if, other hires do we well got? I was gonna say Denver the, yeah Denver Fangio yeah I mean I was just gonna say if the Packers have a similar season to last year I think that's Rodgers I I would just I would trade him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't really know. That wouldn't else. happen, but I mean, but there has to be some. If if they have another season like they have, so that means that there's three I, I, seasons. I would think too. Like a lot of the thing with Green Bay, uh, just to kind of wrap it up, is like I think obviously McCarthy. That thing, I think it just got stale. He was around there for 100%. so long, it just got stale. But I don't think the the front office did that team any favors 
No. For years, all the media could talk about was how there was only like three people on the Packers that like weren't drafted by them. Yeah. And it was this huge thing, oh wow, isn't this amazing? There were only three yeah. people, but then it was just like, yeah, but they literally don't do anything in free agency. Yeah. And then when they got pressured into doing stuff in free agency, it was signing Martellus Bennett and, and Jimmy Graham, both which of them, both of them who have done absolutely nothing. Yeah. And so I think it's it's kind of a weird scenario. And I think, too, there's almost part of it where I feel like Green Bay potentially isn't a huge uh, free agency destination for some guys. Yeah. Like, even though Aaron Rodgers is a top-level quarterback, does do these top-level free agents really want to head to the middle of Wisconsin? Yeah. Like, maybe not. You know, it doesn't exactly carry the same, um, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't have the yeah. same spark that going to, to a city, even like Chicago yeah. or New York or L.A. I mean, the, when these dudes get a chance to kind of choose their own destiny for the first time in their careers, I don't think they're hopping on a plane to uh, Green Bay anytime soon. But we can move on to the Fangio hire. Mm-hmm. Really just a, a competent pick, I think, from John Elway. This, I think this hire kind of uh, showed their hand a little bit that they're going to be going offensive with their, uh, with their pick. In the first round, yeah, I think that me. I, I think this almost like what the Lions did last year, where you bring in Patricia and yeah. then you hi, you draft a guard and the running back with mm-hmm. your first two picks. I think Denver's yeah. going to go along that same philosophy and remind me what pick they have. Is it uh, yeah, the tenth pick? Ten. I mean, it's gonna so be- that's gonna that's an interesting spot. That's a Haskins, Kyler, maybe Greer, Locke territory, depending on who sneaks up and which flavor Elway likes. Because he's already come out and said Keenum isn't the guy in the future of the future in Denver, yeah. and all of us knew that. And this is an argument we've been having for a while. Well, it looks like they, they, uh, they're in a spot where they kind of need to draft a quarterback of the future. Well, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about last year when I said, why are you giving Keenum a two-year contract? And this is why I would not go with a quarterback. You know what? I mean, it, it dep- I think Kyler and Haskins are going to be gone by the seventh pick. I mean, that, if the draft order stays the way it is now, which it, we know it isn't. You know Elway's live to move up, though. Because yeah, I, would, I, wouldn't, I, think Drew, I think Drew Locke is 100% in play for Denver if, because he fits in with his – he's got a rocket of an arm and he can sit under Keenum for a year and they have a solid offense and they have a really good defense with a defensive-minded coach. Um, but – I don't. I mean, so I guess what I'm just saying is I don't necessarily think it might. It's going to be a bona fide offensive player that they're going to go with on defense, um, but I just this team is kind of in purgatory to me because unless Case Keenum can have a, a year where he can win ten games behind you know their team, um, plus two still huge holes at, at wide receiver right now. You're relying a lot on uh, Sutton and Cortland Sutton and Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton, Hamilton to, to play big. I mean, you traded away Demarius Thomas. Manuel Sanders had an Achilles tear. I mean, that's oh, basically yeah. I, I, sensing him to NFL death. You can make an or, argument there are 20 teams in NFL purgatory right now. It's, I it's think just so a matter too. of the moves that you make. But to, I, think, to, I, I think there's other teams that have much better chances of getting out of it than Denver. Denver has Case Keenum at quarterback. Yeah. A lot of the NFL comes out of you at quarterback. So uh, I think it's a good hire in terms of just getting a dude that can come in and really control a room. Deserves a shot to be a head coach in the NFL for sure. Uh, led a great defense with a great edge rusher in, yeah. in Chicago. So I think that, you know, going back to the, I feel like the Broncos are almost want to go back to that model when they Definitely. won the Super Bowl with Peyton yeah. is that their defense is going to be suffocating. Uh, so I, I can even at 10 see them grabbing a corner. Yeah, no, um, that's... And doing something like that. So I, I think the Broncos definitely have talented pieces, just haven't quite been able to get that offense right since Peyton left. Yeah, that I mean, I'm going to echo kind of what you just said, Cliff. 
They obviously, I think, I kind of see this team as the upper echelon of the Miami Bengals, you know, purgatory window where you don't have a, you're riding with a veteran yeah. quarterback and you're going into one more year. They're probably, they're better than both of those teams. Philip Lindsay obviously had a great year. I expect Royce Freeman to be even better next year. I mean, I just think they probably are the better team um, in that coop, especially when you look at their defense. But when you when it comes to comparing to what potentially the Raiders could look like next year and then obviously the Chargers and the Chiefs, I just don't see a lot of breathing room for this team right now. Yeah. So it's a good hire, though. Fangio obviously is going to have that defense plan at top flight. That was a nice, fat discussion on these mm-hmm. head coaching hires. A lot of juicy stuff, really, to get into the offseason. Definitely uh, probably some you know, blueprints we can lay out for a few teams of what we think they need to do uh, through free agency and the draft to, to be successful. Linehan's gone, baby. Yeah, Linehan's Kellen gone. Moore. Kellen Moore. And I did want to mention, too, I saw today, um, I don't know if they have, I don't think it happened today, but I didn't realize it, that John Filippo is the OC for Jacksonville. Yeah. No, that. Oh yeah, that was, in, and they were saying that that might have to do something with Foles, but then they said it had nothing to do with Foles. But, but it probably, it probably, probably might have. Some, I have and a and I think, I think the Eagles would be primed to move Foles to an AFC opponent. Yeah. This is this was a take I kind of was thinking about today. Is that the Eagles have to move Foles not because of um, once his injury? No, not even because of like what you can get for him, but just, I think it's weird. I, I I know that that article came out and I'm not really referencing the article that was kind of slamming Wentz, but I do think there's definitely a dynamic to the fact that you have this dude Wentz walking around the building with a guy that has a Super Bowl MVP <laughs> in, in the same room as you and you don't. I think it's just a weird dynamic to have. Absolutely. And, and, and I it's think, Wentz's team too. So and I think you really just have to get rid of Foles just to really let Wentz go in command the room. Yeah. You know, just get the number nine out of there, not because he's a bad teammate, not because he's a bad player, and you can even argue that the Eagles play better with him, but I feel that Wentz just felt bizarre. Or it felt a little weird that he was the guy that's supposed to be the leader of the team, but he wasn't the one holding the trophy at the yeah. end of the season. Yeah. Two and four for from Jacksonville. Seek seek your future now, Coughlin. Second round and a fourth round pick for Foles right now. It can happen. You're 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 a playoff contender with that. Well, no matter if it's drafting, you know Dwayne Haskins or whoever it may be, or getting if getting Teddy Bridgewater or going to get Foles. Like they need obviously Blake Bortles cannot be on the roster next year, let alone be their starting quarterback. Uh, But Bridgewater, that's another interesting uh, candidate. Well, this is why the whole like he's done. Oh my God, Clay! Wow, Clay! Bridgie, Bridgie ain't. Yeah, no, he's not, I, he, he I, can't I give the proper no. NFL handshake. No. That's why I disagree. I, I think Bridgewater's got football left in him, and I'd love I to see not him going to can't be like a backup, Jaguars. man. Not saying he can't no, be a backup. No, starting Just, football no, left in him. Yeah, is what not, I'm saying. You think he's be, Bortles is better than Teddy Bridgewater? No, absolutely not. Bortles is the worst. But so yeah, anything I, is an upgrade from him, really. Ted, no, Teddy Bridgewater going to a situation like Jacksonville, I think he could delegate that situation extremely well as long as they improve their offensive line. I think that's that, that team could it's be. It's like the Giants. You have a running back. You have playmakers on the outside. Uh, you just need to shore up your offensive line a little bit. Obviously, Jacksonville, if they can get back to playing good defense, this team should be competitive. They should be in every single game if they have a you know competent quarterback. Uh, so, obviously, we have to wait. That's another great thing about like these teams who need quarterbacks in the draft. We still haven't seen what happens with free agency. Flacco is another guy who's going to be free agent. Obviously, we'll get you know into more of that if he's you know really a starting NFL quarterback. But uh, it remains to be seen, boys. Eight. Good conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week. Prepping for that Super Bowl. Last only sixty minutes of football, maybe seventy-five. Yeah, uh, left in the year. It seems it just goes by so fast every single year. But same two cities as the uh, World Series. Yeah, I know, crazy. But back judge tends to thrive in the off season. It does. That's that's when the uh, 
the takes really get, yeah. get flying and, and prophecy just just comes uh, out. It does, uh, and if I I will say my uh, Tony Romo coming in to be the head coach of the Cowboys looks like it. It's, it looks it's like an interesting. Like if you were to make that bet on Nevada in 2016. Well, last year, last year when I brought it up, it was kind of like, ah, oh, what are you what are you talking about? But now it's like, hey, F. Garrett. Tony, Tony Romo should be a defensive coordinator. Mike into the middle linebacker. Yeah. Like the offense yeah. is doing it. Like, I, I think I'm going to start doing some QB 